0: Welcome to the official podcast of PHP Architect. Join us to listen to the latest news and tech talk from our conferences, the magazine, and wider PHP community.
1: You're listening to the PHP Podcast, the official podcast of the PHP Architect magazine from May 2022, Volume 21, Issue 5, One Last Slice. I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me, as always, is John Congdon.
0: Hello. Hello. One more slice, Jen. Another good issue. Yes, yeah, a very thick issue. It's the same as all the others. What are you talking about? <laughs> 44 pages. I love I loved the title you came up with, One Last Slice, and it took me a second to get it. But once you said it, it's like, oh, yeah, Raspberry <laughs> Pi. <laughs> one more slice, yeah, yeah. The Raspberry Pi
1: article we've been running that one for a while since the beginning of the year. Yeah, uh, Ken Marks has done a just a fantastic job at you know kind of giving us a real world example of how he's using his Raspberry Pi. And this month he wraps up that mm-hmm. whole series with us with uh, how to hack your home with a Raspberry Pi, Part Five: Sending an Accelerometer Text Message using send mail i mean it's something we all need to do at some point
0: yeah I, I like how i changed it for the uh the table of contents i just made it one last slice <laughs> it's <laughs> like we don't we don't need the the whole sending an accelerometer text message
1: part. i didn't even notice that <laughs> the whole time how many times did... so I, it...
0: I try to tie it all together
1: if you listen to this show, John and I are, are the editors of the magazine. And like the last thing we do is we kind of comb over the magazine like three or four times before even releasing it to other people to proofread for us. And that's the sort of thing that we look for is, you know, I should have said hey, the title's different in the table of contents, John, and I totally missed that. <laughs>
0: but you can definitely tell Ken Marks is a teacher, the way he stepped through all this entire series from uh, the first article back in January to now. It's like a very methodical approach, step-by-step step on how to do things.
1: Yeah, and I just love the range of topics he covered in this, in this series. Mm-hmm. I mean, just everything from from installing your Raspberry Pi to bringing up services to now using accelerometers and and sending out uh, text messages. Uh, It's just really, really like you said, he's obviously a teacher really well thought out kind of tutorial
0: on how to do things.
1: Our second feature article this month is from Joel Clermont learning how
0: to learn. Yeah. I love how we've continued to bring things other than just PHP to the community and, This is something that I feel you and I have both been passionate about for 10 years now. Can you believe you and I met 10 years ago? I regret
1: every moment of it. Oh, yes, I'm so happy. (laughs) It's the best time of my life.
0: So when we we started SDPHP and ran that, that's always been a, a continuing theme, is continued education, knowing how to learn, and Joel does a great job of Reminding us, like, how to get in there, how to learn, how to continue learning beyond just what you know today.
1: As Joe says, as developers, you, you've committed to a life of learning because everything's always changing and there's always new patterns and techniques to, to learn and understand. And understanding the best way to that works for you to learn this information and retain it is important.
0: Exactly. And just by paying attention to a, a magazine about new topics, hey, you're learning. Got to love, it. It's, love synergi- it. it's synergistic. Synergistic? One of those words. Uh, in this month's Education Station, Chris Tankersley goes over continuous code.
1: This is like the golden ring that you go grab. As a developer, you worry about coding. And once, you, once you're done coding and you, you get it committed, and accepted, everything after that just happens, right? Automated testing, automated deployment, continuous deployment. I mean, this is this is we, we start kind of getting a little bit into operations here, but it's just a fantastic world to live in. Where you know, hey, once my go, my, once my code gets pushed to the production branch, I know as a developer that. Not only will it be deployed, but it will be deployed correctly. It will get tested before it gets deployed. And the chances of something breaking are very minimum because everything is repeatable. It's so nice.
0: Yeah. This is one of those things just prior to, again, going back 10 plus years ago, just before I moved to San Diego, trying to figure out how to do deployments, how to do things like this was driving me nuts. I was trying to read everything I could and not finding the information I needed. So I love having content like this and teaching people how to achieve that. Like you said, it's that golden ring, what you want to achieve. And you can't just go from what you're doing today. If you're not, obviously, if you're not doing this, you can't go from there to continuous deployment right away. There is an iterative process you need to go through. And Chris does a good job of kind of talking you through those steps.
1: Moving on to Security Corner and classifying ransomware.
0: Yeah, Eric, the nail on the head again with security stuff. It's I love reading his columns. And when you start looking at all the different types of ransomware, it's nice to identify it so that you know what you're dealing with and can talk to people about it.
1: Yeah, it's a sucky world we live in where this is actually a topic we need to address, but it's, it's a very real issue we need to address and understanding if you are in a situation where you have to work with a scenario of ransomware understanding what type of ransomware you're getting
0: hit with is an important first step have you personally had to deal with any ransomware
1: no i i I have not as of yet i'm very thankful
0: for that so i've actually had a couple of cases of this uh one my previous employer uh before i moved to san diego after I moved, and I still talk to them often, I uh, got hit with it, where they had the, uh, the type where they locked their, all their files, encrypted all the files so they couldn't do anything unless they paid some amount in Bitcoin. And I think they actually paid and got their files back. So that's always one of those hard things. Do you, do you give in? Do you pay because you want it done quickly? but then are you vulnerable again? So we also, I had an issue with it less than a year ago where somebody was able to DDoS one of our clients and they said, I can make a stop and I'll prove it. And they stopped it and they wanted some ridiculous amount of money. I say ridiculous. It was like five grand. And when you're making enough money, you sometimes just want to pay to be done So we were on the phone all night trying to figure this out and we had some people that just wanted to pay and others like me. I'm like, well, if you pay and we don't know how to fix it, they're just going to do it again and want you to pay more. So Mm. it's pointless to do that. The funny thing about that night, it was after a PHP Ugly recording and I don't often drink heavily on PHP Ugly recording nights. (laughs) That night, for some reason, I had... A little bit extra, and then ended up falling asleep on this call when we we're talking about <laughs> talking about <laughs> about, <don't>, about ransom. <laughs> I don't think I knew this part of the story. That's Yeah, awesome. yeah we got off the call, and then I jump into this other call where we're like, "What do we do? How do we?" get around this it,
1: to be fair to the listeners even though he he had been drinking we record php ugly late at night On we're Coast, but it's still late at night for us so about time he gets off and probably gets on another car call, call it's we're looking at what
0: midnight probably yeah yeah it was around there and we were up till probably four in the morning well they were up till four in the morning it turns out i fell asleep <laughs> or passed out for a small chunk of time during it.
1: php architect would like to think honey badger for sponsoring this episode of the php podcast
2: when you're in production a thousand things can go wrong you could deploy a bug in your latest release your background jobs can silently fail someone could trip over the network cable at your data center and this all comes back to you you need to know when bad things happen and be able to respond to them quickly that's why we built honey badger it's easy to install honey badger in your back-end applications and front-end javascript It only takes a few minutes of configuration and you'll have monitoring done. That's because we hook into popular web frameworks, job systems, and the browser, so that when any of them crash, we can automatically let you know. We ping your application from our global fleet of servers to let you know about problems with connectivity, latency, and SSL certificates. And we monitor your recurring jobs to see if any of them stop recurring. When there's a problem, we alert your team using the tools you already use. We can create issues in GitHub, Jira, and other issue trackers, and send notifications via Slack, PagerDuty, or other channels. When you click through, you'll be taken to detailed information on the error. You'll see things like request parameters, headers, user information, and the backtrace. Click on any line of the backtrace to view it in GitHub, Bitbucket, or your local editor. When you fix a problem, just mark it resolved and follow up with the affected user. That's Honey Badger, where the monitoring tool for web developers who'd rather be, well, developing.
0: DDD Alley with Ed Bernard bringing us Get Organized and Get Started. In this article, Ed is laying the groundwork for his future columns. And what he's trying to show, show us is kind of his directory and file structure uh, for his DDD applications and actually how he can bring a DDD workflow into both a new Greenfield application and a legacy application. So you can use it in your applications today as you get more of a feeling. And I like the fact that he points out that it's not a one size fits all. He's trying to give you concepts that you can bring into your application.
1: Okay, moving on to the Arson Way Pest Control by Marion Pop. Um, if you're not familiar with Pest, Pest is a wrapper, I guess you can call it, around PHP unit. Um, it's, it's a really kind of intuitive way to, of writing tests. It was written by Nuno uh, Madura, who is now a, uh, one of the Laravel employees. So he actually works for Taylor Otwell and the Laravel team. Um, he had written Pest before he joined the team. So it's nice to see that uh, he's sticking with all that. But yeah, it's it's good. I got an opportunity to use this a little bit on a contract I was on uh, with a client. And it's nice. It's, it's a very intuitive way to write some tests.
0: What I like is that you can use it with your existing PHP unit tests, So you could bring Pest in and all of your tests will still run. And then you can start using it's more like syntactical sugar, kind of like what Laravel does mm-hmm. for PHP. It just makes writing it a little more intuitive or maybe just a little cleaner, easier to read.
1: I'd say easy to read, especially for people coming from the outside, like the people who haven't, that didn't write the test to be able to sit down and read the test it makes it much more readable.
0: Hmm. Makes sense. Uh, we have PSR pickup by Frank Wallen talking about the PSR three logger interface.
1: I'm really enjoying this uh, new column we have, and Frank's doing a great job with it. Uh, this month, he just talks about the logger interface, uh, what it's what it's meant to do, and and its implementation. It's a very short article, um, but it's it, it one was of those good it,
0: thing stuff. It was meant to be short. We're not calling him out on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's a yeah, good read. I, I'm,
0: I mean these these are th- this uh,
1: particular column has just been one of those good things because you're always hearing about PSRs thrown around in, in our industry, and and you might have a recursive knowledge of you know well what a PSR is and if it's you know everybody talks about a particular PSR as as an important one so you kind of know what it is but having a little bit more insight of okay all right that's what that that PSR does and means and stands for so it's a good one. This Month in PHP Puzzles, Controlled Randomness by Oscar Morita.
0: Yeah, I love how we're learning more about things that we don't necessarily think about. So in this case, random number generators and how to create your own if you want. Not that you would in any real world. It's more of a, the puzzles are meant to get your mind thinking in different ways. One thing that I really learned in this article was Lava Ran, which blew me away. And coming up with that seed within a random number generator is not easy, and Cloudflare, and I, I guess they didn't necessarily develop it, but they're doing this, actually has a wall of lava lamps, and since you can't predict when the bubbles of the lava go up, uh, there's a camera that's constantly taking pictures of where the lava is at in the lava lamps and the different colors, and coming up with a seed number at that point to make to try and be truly random stop it yeah stop it they're using real world lava lamps to
1: to come up with their seed
0: yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah <laughs> so Oscar does a great job of, of stepping through how to come up with a uh, a sequence of colors based on uh, a number that you put in
1: next month he, uh, he uh, he's going to show you how to write a program that allows users to guess a random
0: sequence of colors. So you could think of this as Wordle, but for colors. It's coloredle. Oh,
1: that's <laughs> awesome.
0: I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And finally, Beth Long brings a survival of the fiendish.
1: Beth this month shares a personal story that I think we've all experienced at some point in our, in our life. Where,
0: somewhere or another, yeah.
1: Yeah, you look to do something that you initially think is going to be very easy to implement and then as you start peeling back the layers of the onion it just gets more and more complex and you grow more and more you know, frustrated with it and something that should have taken 5 minutes to do you find yourself 2 or 3 days later sending emails back and forth to some support group somewhere in the world trying to get like what should be a very basic thing completed completed yeah, and it's and, an,
0: it's annoying when you're actually looking at somebody's documentation and following what they told you to do and it doesn't work. Oh,
1: so true. Documentation outdates so quickly and oh yeah,
0: we've all been there. So this is a nice little share. Thank you, Beth, for that share. And thank you to all our contributors for contributing in the magazine. If you want to contribute, this is not uh a limited group of people, you can contribute. All we need to know is what your idea is. We can go back and forth and refine it as soon as we agree on it. We, you tell us when you're going to have it written for us. We will send you a contract, and we will pay you for a completed article. And you, too, can be a published author.
1: We are for the community, by the community. And that's – I think John said that once, and I'm like, wow, that's a great way of putting
0: it. Well, I'm going to take credit because I don't remember saying it. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: That's going to do it for this edition of the PHP Podcast for May 2022. Keep
0: listening. Keep coding. And And keep keep reading.
1: This has been PHP Podcast, the official podcast of PHP Architect,
0: the industry's
2: leading tech magazine
0: and publisher focused on PHP and web development. Subscribe today at phparch.com to see what the leaders in the community and industry are talking about.